0: Welcome to the Working Hands Podcast. I'm your host, Tony of Woodland Iron, joined by Keith of Blackthorn Concepts and Chad of Chad's Custom Creations. What's going on, guys? How was your week? Pretty good. I have some exciting
1: news. A big delivery came to the shop already. Laser? Yeah, the big laser (laughs) is here. And it is humongous. It's a little bit bigger than I even expected. Looking at it next to my red and black, it makes the red and black look kind of like a toy.
2: Really? It's that big? Yes,
1: it is. And now,
2: that laser you said was coming, it was going to arrive broken.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, this was at a factory, not a factory, a warehouse, where apparently I guess it got returned because of damages. The tube inside of the laser had been cracked during shipment. It's not a big deal. Just going to get a new tube, get it replaced, and then I'll be up and running. I was ask, actually testing it out this morning, and everything's working perfectly, except for the tube, so I can't pulse any laser power through the machine. It's very high quality. It looks good so far. I'm excited. At what point, at what
2: point do you box it up and send it to me up here? Is that <laughs> after the tube arrives, or are you just going to order that tube drop ship to my house as well?
1: Well, that... This one will probably end up staying, but I don't know, Keith. If you play your cards right, maybe the red and black will end up at your shop. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how that goes.
2: I hope so. October's coming quick.
1: It is. But you guys have seen recently how I, I also cleaned out my shop a little bit in anticipation for this laser coming. So I took all my lumber storage, got it out of the shop to make just a little bit more space to kind of be able to breathe. And also, I knew that laser was coming in. Well the laser's sitting in that spot now and it it took up more than the lumber rack was taking up. So I feel cramped in the workshop at this point. And ever since I knew this was coming, I started to look online at different options that I could potentially add to my property to maybe expand my workspace. And I know I'm the maybe the most spoiled because already I have the biggest workspace. So Bear with me, guys. Don't get mad at me complaining about my <laughs> 20 by 20 garage with a 20 by four foot um, closet. <laughs> I don't mean to to say I'm running out of space, but it gets hard when I've got a lot of projects going. I mean, let's say I'm doing a tabletop and I need to finish it. Well, I've only got that one space. So if I've got finish on that tabletop, I can't make any more dust. I can't even turn on the fan in that room because I don't have a separate place where I can do finishing or I can do epoxy or, or anything like that. So I've been toying with the idea of, I need more space. And I know we've talked about shipping containers, which seemed like a good way to go, but running that by the wife and thinking about the neighbors and what they might think if they saw a shipping container in my driveway, I don't think it would do so well. Are you looking to just get a storage solution? Well, that was my initial thought was just if I can just get all the wood somewhere safe because I've got tarps in the yard right now and it's a pain in the butt. So, I was thinking, yeah, just a storage solution. And that's when I stumbled upon these kind of like wooden sheds, I guess people have seen. A lot of people buy them for like lawnmowers and things like that. Um, But I saw where you can kind of expand the size of these sheds and you can get them custom made by these companies. Um, I know the Amish do a lot. There's an Amish family down here called the Yoders and they're like the top of the line sheds. And I was looking at theirs, but then I stumbled upon another company that had more square footage at a lower price. And I got in contact with a lady who works at the company on Facebook marketplace of all places, because I saw one of their sheds. And I found out that I would be able to afford a 12 by 20 lofted style shed barn. So it's got eight foot walls, and then a lofted ceiling on top of that. And that's a pretty good square footage. So I've already ordered it. (laughs) 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 I I went ahead and applied for a credit card with 20 20 months, no interest to cover the cost of it. Even though I I could pay cash right now, I'd prefer to keep the cash and use a credit card. So I made the first payment on it. They've started construction on it. We customized it. I've got Two windows on the long side and two uh, French doors, I guess you would say, on that long side as well, because that's going to face down my driveway, kind of up next to the house. And on the back wall, I requested another window as well, because I'm thinking I might put an AC unit back there, or I may just throw my sawdust out that back window or something. I don't really know. So that's, So that's it so far. You're going to
2: throw sawdust, so it's no longer a storage solution. You're going to use this as a shop? Yeah.
1: After I saw the footprint that I could afford, 12 by 20 is not small. That's pretty wide, and it's as long as my current shop. So I'm thinking about doing two different shops. Like I was saying earlier, I don't have a finishing space, and that's because I have a dusty space. All my saws and sanders and everything are mixed in with the digital fabrication, the lasers and and all that is together. So I'm thinking I'm going to take all my dust makers, table saw, uh, chop saw, sanders, drill press, everything's going to go into the shed and the shed is going to be my lumber preparation area, my, my wood shop basically. And then I'll also double as the storage as well because again, I've got that lofted space up above. So I'm thinking all my long boards can go up above me, out of space, out of mind. What are y'all's thoughts on it so far?
0: How tall is your lofted space end up being?
1: I know the max for these sheds is like 12 to 13 feet so that they can transport. So my side walls are eight foot because I paid the extra to get eight foot walls. And then it lofts up kind of in like that barn style roof. Not like an oh, okay. A-frame, but it kind of, yep. I, I don't know how to describe like, it, but like a gable. It's probably another four feet, I would guess. That would bring me to what, thirteen. No, probably three and a half feet or three feet from the walls. So it's enough, I would say.
0: Yeah, you're definitely going to be able to store long boards. Probably not sheet goods, though, with the way your rafters will be.
1: That's a good point. Yeah, sheet goods. Where are those going to go?
0: But I'm now you have four tw- by you 20 got-
1: closet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's just the closet door sucks. It's in the middle of the room. But um, yeah we also need to talk like site prep for this thing. Currently, I have an idea of where it's going to go, but there's trees there and there's driveway space that it could go on. So I'm, I'm I'm leaning in between driveway space or do I go past the driveway into where those trees are and get it all cleared? You have got yourself a whole litter of kids. Eventually they're going to be driving. Don't give up driveway space. That's a really good point. All right, so we're going into the trees here. I may even have to get a uh, What is it called? The guy that cuts down trees. Arborist. Yeah, an arborist to come out. There's a big oak tree kind of near where it would go. And I'm thinking I might need to get that one dropped before putting the shed there, just in case it was to drop any large branches. Because I do have a metal roof. I did pay extra to get it reinforced with OSB underneath the metal, um, because I know that that will help with maybe a little heat resistance. And also if a big limb was to fall, it might help deflect some of the damage. So. It's also gonna be quieter in the rain.
0: Yeah, yeah. definitely.
1: And, and I'm kind of excited. like I feel like this is my first like I have this house. I own this house, but the the garage was already built. This feels like mine. and I'm excited to customize it. Maybe even do like spray foam insulation. Um, I'm thinking about what type of flooring is going to go in there because currently it's either OSB or plywood. I'm wondering if I should do like a huge sheet of linoleum or not tile. That would end up cracking maybe laminate hardwood flooring. I don't know. What do you guys think would be good in a shop? Epoxy? Should I just epoxy the entire floor?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, no,
1: like a, a river, a river flowing through my floor. Sounds like a viral YouTube video there.
0: Yeah. I don't know what the best floor solution would be. I mean, you say it's OSB to start. Yes, I believe so, yeah, so you're probably probably best with just that.
1: That's it, just one layer of o s b yes, so it'll be ply ply o s b all the way through, one layer on six inch joist spaced sixteen inches apart,
0: yeah, it'll be a pretty sturdy floor then,
1: yeah, and I could have upgraded to twelve inch spacing, but I think that's just for if you plan on parking a car inside of it. I don't think I'm gonna have that much weight,
2: it'll be fine,
1: so. I would, yeah, I think so.
2: if it were me, I would do that life proof, depending on what you're going to do in the space, like you're doing woodworking.
1: Yes, woodworking. So I want something that sweeps up or blows out really easily. And currently I've got just concrete in my shop. It cleans up fine, but it's, there's some cracks in the flooring, so it's not perfectly flat. So that's hoping. I'm hoping that's something that I'll also get with this shed is just a flat space to maybe build some furniture on.
0: So. Yeah, I think something like the the laminate floor is probably going to run into the same issues where you're going to have stuff gather in between the seams. So that's probably not your best bet.
1: What is this light flooring
0: that you're talking about, Keith?
1: Laminate flooring. You don't know? Like why'd you bring it up?
2: <laughs> no, I no, I was saying I don't know to Tony about the gaps because you you can get it where there isn't really a gap, like when it links together. I mean, there's a gap, yes, but it's pretty tight, you know. I mean, what else are you gonna do? You're gonna put down OSB. It's gonna have the grain showing. That'll collect dust too. So you're really in a catch-22. And so the life proof is—it's just like a vinyl, but it's waterproof. You know, so it gives you that extra barrier if you do spill—I um, don't know, whatever—in there. It's easy to clean up. But you can have that done in the morning too. Like when it shows up, you could be done. Like if it showed up and you were able to get in it at nine, you could be done putting down the life proof by 1230 just done it's quick
1: it's a good point and this is this is where it like locks in on onto itself right like you're pushing it down into the groove and installing it like you would do a floating floor
2: yeah so that's what it is it's just a brand called life the,
1: the only downside i see with that is if i was to damage a piece in the middle to get to that piece i'd have to take up everything so i that had me looking at like the the large tiles that are, I don't know, linoleum that you stick down. Like it's super cheap, but you just lay they're down the junk. squares all over. Junk. Do you think that's just gonna rip up? They're junk, yeah.
0: They're junk. Yeah, that'll rip up and then you'll have junk. You'll have glue on the floor and then uh. that'll hang on to everything. And yeah, that doesn't. One thing you could do, which would be, that wouldn't be awesome, the
2: best. is to, to just on top of the OSB, put down like regular, either pre finished or Baltic birch ply. One would give you a stronger floor. And then just kind yeah. of finish it with whatever you need, you know? So it's, and then you could even paint it then uh, whatever color you want. Like if you want it bright in there, you can paint everything white, walls and everything
1: before you move anything in. Just paint everything white on the inside. That's a good point. And that, that may, that would definitely be the quickest installation and probably would be pretty cost effective if I did like half inch plywood, maybe. Yeah. So that's something to think about for sure. I think I just I wanted to look nice in there. Like you you know you guys hear me talk about like I want my shop to be kind of like Tony Stark's lair. Like even though that's my wood shop over there, I still wanted to look kind of nice and somewhat futuristic as well. Did so you move
2: to a mansion on the coast?
1: <laughs> I mean <laughs>
0: It's in Malibu now.
1: Have, have you guys? They still sell the big sheet linoleum. Has it gotten any better since it was back in like the seventies? Because I can get a twelve inch, twelve foot wide piece of linoleum and just run it all the way down and then have no seams. Or when I roll my five hundred pound table saw in there with the wheels, is it just going to so tear?
2: You're okay with a twelve foot wide piece of linoleum getting damaged in the center? <laughs> But a life proof, repairable flooring—you're not okay with. You'd rather have to empty out the entire thing to replace the one sheet than just empty out half or a quarter or whatever it is to fix the floating floor. Okay, that doesn't good make point. any sense. That's a good yeah.
1: point. But you got it, them on It that may one. be cheaper. I think the the sheet linoleum is probably the cheapest option as far as square footage goes.
2: I don't think Tony Stark cared about prices <laughs> when he set up his shop. <laughs>
0: No, he just got polished concrete.
1: <laughs> oh, do they make a... F- that would look cool. I'm not going to do concrete in there because I want to keep the weight down because we we may not live here forever. Our our dream is to actually move out of Georgia to somewhere a little bit cooler climate-wise. What's cool about this shed is it's mobile. So, if we were to move at some point, the shed's coming with me. I'm not selling it with the house.
0: Yeah, that's definitely going to be a plus. I mean, being able to move it. And, and like, so on the weight side of things like your your walls are they they're sheeted on the outside but are they sheeted on the inside as well or no they're they, just open
1: they're just open so only sheeted on the outside um, and that's something i was looking at too is it gets pretty hot here i don't know what it's going to be like in the summertime but i may do some type of insulation and go ahead and sheet the walls also because just sheeting those walls will give me space to hold hang tools and do a lot more than just having those empty
0: studs Yeah, it will give you a lot of options as far as like even just putting like pegboard or something up if you you could get it.
1: Mm -hmm. I would do three quarter inch ply. I like that too. You don't have to (laughs) worry about going into studs when I hang something up. No, you don't have to worry about anything.
2: So you you just insulate it, throw up three quarter inch ply. The shed just doubled in price because you're going to do three quarter (laughs) inch ply on the ground. You're going to do insulation, three quarter inch ply on the inside.
1: (laughs) It's getting pricey.
0: And three times the weight.
1: How much credit you got on that card, Jed? <laughs> There's actually more to play with on it still. I, I was I'll, kidding. I'll talk numbers. because I am kidding. I'm, well, no, no, no. I think people are probably forget, interested in the well, price don't. of the shed. Uh,
2: but you have to get power out there. You got to yes. wire the whole thing up with power. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty much going to be a permanent fixture on that property once you're
1: done. No, it's not. I can cut you- the the main wire and take it with me. Yeah, I'm going to wire the entire thing, but there will only be one wire that the electrician puts in for the sub-panel, right? I can yeah. disconnect it. I would. What is the shed going to go on? What are you putting it on? Dirt? <laughs> they, they supply blocks. That's kind of like the standard thing that these companies do. They just give you cap blocks and they stack cap blocks and they put them underneath the skids. The skids go under the joist. And I believe this size has four skids, which are four by fours running the entire length of the 20 I- feet.
2: I recommend you put it on a bed of gravel. Build yourself yeah, a nice,
0: definitely better
1: gravel base, you know,
2: pack it down and then have them put everything on top of that gravel. So get some railroad ties and do like three foot perimeter all the way around and then pack that up with stone, some nice white stone or something underneath. Are we good? Getting- so that way you have drainage go out. There's never water build up. Uh, keeps the mud away from it. it always look pristine, you know, just keep the. Um, Weeds from growing up in it. Don't blow your dust out into that. You know, let it be a water drainage. That'll keep water out from underneath it. The rock will actually let the water if you have bad rain dry out under it. Because you're it's right now when they put it in, it's just gonna be exposed wood right up on the ground. It's not going on a
1: foundation. It's going on blocks. So depending on how many blocks they put down, it's not direct ground contact. I didn't say it
2: was. I said the wood the bare wood is exposed to the ground. So, you mean like so,
1: splashback from the rain?
2: Or just wet ground. So, you want to have some yeah. sort of way to get that water out from underneath it.
1: Oh, because the cap blocks will transfer the water from the ground up to the wood. Is that correct? Is that what you're saying?
2: No. I'm just saying you want to be able to dry out below it. Hmm. So, if you put it on stone, the stone will let the water wash away. If you just put those four-by-four four skids on a, a little four-inch block they provide – right down on the ground it's not going to give you the protection you need for a long-term solution on your shed
1: sounds like a lot of work keith can you come and do all this for me well Well,
2: speaking of a lot of work and you should hire somebody how'd the tiling go oh
1: god (laughs) i'm still working on it did you know it takes a long time in between each step did you know that keith Yeah, what was my advice last week? Call somebody and have them do it. And you know what? I didn't call anyone. I just did it. And uh, I am at the point now where the grout is curing. So, my last step is about to happen. I have to go seal the grout lines, but you have to wait 48 hours after doing the grout. This is taking forever. So many steps. And uh, the tile saw was super dull. I broke a lot of tiles. And I think this was a newbie move, but I think it helped me out in the long run. I cut all my tiles before mixing up any of the mortar. So I laid out the entire floor and then I, I took them out in rows out of the room. I had me like six six lines of tile and I knew exactly where each one went. That way, when I mixed up the mortar, I could kind of run it quickly and it, and I had no more cuts to make. If I had to make those cuts, I think the mortar would have started setting up on me. That could be wrong. this is my first time doing it, and probably my last time,
0: yeah, I had tile guys do my last house, and yeah, it's a thing of beauty to watch those boys work they were they were really good.
1: It's a I team sport,
0: t- oh yeah, there had to be two guys period yeah to to do it at any pace they needed two guys.
2: I think tile that was- work is one of those things I've done and and I can say I've done it <laughs> <I won't, laughs> no more i won't, I won't go back and do it again, uh.
1: I don't think They're- I'll do a full room. I say that now. Our mudroom room. Yeah, needs Well, tile. I say
2: it too. Every time I do a tile job, I say I'm never doing this again. And, and then, then you
1: end up doing it. <laughs> I do another tile job. I think I'd be quicker, but God, I, I'm still recovering from it. Like Even just doing the grout lines, being on your knees, even though I had knee pads, it's a lot of work. It's It really wears you out. It's not like standing up straight, being in an air-conditioned workshop and... <laughs> doing what I love. I'm not going to be a tiler, that's for sure. Yeah, the last thing I tiled
2: was my fireplace, hearth. And oh. that, that's a nice, easy job. Quick, done. I would never do another room.
1: Yeah, you sent me a picture of that fireplace. It actually looks really, really nice. It was a good upgrade.
2: I love yeah. how you're surprised by something I make being nice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's nice to hear that one of your tools hasn't broken for once. <laughs> do you want to tell us about that? Uh, 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 which one do our, do our listeners know that you got the or tour laser? I think on the last episode it was on its way here. Okay.
2: Um, I don't know that it's broken. So, but we got one burn out of it and that was it. Um, and now it's not working, but apparently there was a software update. Uh, in the midst of using it and, you know, in the midst of me getting it in the time I put it to use. So I think it could be a software issue. That's what everyone thinks it is, but um, I can't get it to get out of, it's an error code and I can't clear the error code. Oh, wow. The error code is flame detection. And hmm. I don't know how that could be. There was nothing in it that was ever caught fire. And somebody said that if there's like a blinking light, that'll set it off. So I messed with it one day for like three hours. I was on a call with our friend, Jason and our friend Burke and uh, Burke makes. And we tried figuring it out and no one had any real answers. So I haven't been able to get back to it, you know? So Mm. that's really, I I don't know that it's broken. I think it's just either the software update from the Lightburn software hasn't, Maybe I got to do new firmware on the other machine. I don't know. They're not speaking the same language at the moment.
1: Mm. I imagine that's really frustrating
2: for sure. Yeah, brand new, brand new laser, and I can't get it to operate.
1: Well, I'm sure May the Best will will cover you on that. I'm not sure if you've gotten any correspondence back from them, but to to know that you've had no. it for, for less than 30 days, I emailed them and I got nothing back from them. But oh. we shall see what happens. Yeah, so well, I may have to send you a replacement laser then. My <laughs> Orter might be coming your way. <laughs> Notice I didn't say CO two laser was headed your way. Just make sure. No, make I'll sure take anything at this point. Okay,
2: I tell you what, though, that the one thing that uh, uh, that we made on it was it was cool. You know what did you make? We just did one coaster as a test piece.
1: Oh, I love doing the coasters. You get that high contrast between the slate and then yep. wherever you laser yep. goes, real real bright. Yeah. You could start a business on that.
2: It was, I mean, there was obviously no way that there was ever a flame that happened. So
1: especially from stone, Yeah. Yeah.
2: So we only ever did stone. So I think it's just an error code that, I mean, the software is all new to me. So um, it could be
1: something I did, something we did. I don't know. I don't know. I'd say don't beat yourself up on it, but don't, don't throw it across the shop yet either. Give it some time. We'll figure it out. (laughs) We had hooked up, we bought the fourth access and we had hooked
2: that up and that's when nothing worked. So we tried to go take out the fourth access Mm -hmm. and it's in a perpetual error code, which the error does not lead to the fourth access issue. It's just, I think there's a glitch somewhere and I got to figure out how to clear that glitch
1: Mm -hmm.
2: or, or it's junk, which was (laughs) my original thought before I bought it. And why I didn't want to buy it until everyone said, "Oh no, it's not junk; it's good."
1: Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay optimistic, optimistic, and say that I think you maybe ended up with a lemon because I see so many people with this laser now. There's no way that all these people are shilling out this laser that's going to end up dying after like an hour carve or engrave. I've even run mine for over an hour and no issues yet, but i'm still I'm skeptical. I haven't posted my video review on it yet, so I may have to include that in it because I want to be as real with with my viewers as possible.
2: well, let's give it time i I haven't gone back to it since Saturday night either, so maybe it cleared itself. who knows? you know maybe there was another software update, you know, yeah, version one point one or whatever I don't know.
1: Well, I know you've already troubleshooted with other laser people, but you didn't ask the laser master for any help. Did you hold down the restart button on the machine?
0: Yes. He's going to come right through that computer at you. You know that, right? He's
1: just staring at me right (laughs) now with angry eyes. He's remaining quite composed. I'm proud of him. Just wait for the after show, though. He's probably going to rip me a new one. I'm oh, saying yeah. it's.
0: I'm saying it's frisbee time, Keith. Just frisbee it out in your driveway, and
2: yeah, it, it <laughs> it's almost at that point. Uh, the CNC is operational, so that's good. Although that's been giving me grief,
0: man. Well,
2: yeah, this could be a is- segment,
0: Keith's dilemmas, <laughs> <laughs> Keith's broken stuff.
2: This digital fab stuff is driving me insane. Uh, I did get. Um, I was using the CNC and I was on like, I don't know. I had an eight hour carve because, you know, everything I do takes forever. So uh, I was so close to the end and I go inside again to use the restroom and I come back out and the thing had stopped. No. And the co- the computer restarted. Keith, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why did it restart?
2: Because uh, Billy Gates wanted to
1: screw me up. What, did it do an automatic update?
2: I don't know. It didn't say it was an automatic update. I just came out, and the computer had restarted, and oh. it was on the lock screen. Like it was already on the lock screen.
1: So what did so, it do when it restarted? Oh, it stopped the it stopped the CNC. So the router was spinning, but stopped moving in, in place. Right. Yeah. This time it didn't send it into the side of the machine or nothing. <laughs> Thank God. So no fires into
2: your shop
1: backs. Nope. Nope. But you had to scrap that entire thing. You weren't able to reset.
2: I reset. I got it going. I finished it tonight.
1: That takes some true skill to be able to re-zero your material and, and get it going. So Keith, my hat goes off to you for that. You're you're I'll on the. i tell your you way. what.
2: I am getting a lesson in CNC by fire on this project.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Seems like it.
2: <laughs> why why did I never even got to do the easy stuff you get to do in CNC. So uh, yeah, it's but what is cool is I I did do some research. I got some new tooling, uh, for the next few of these medallions I have to do, and I'm trying to cut my machine time down significantly. Um, so I don't know if, and I, I'm sorry, Tony. I'm sure we're boring the crap
1: out of you with all this <laughs> talk today.
0: No, no, this is good. No, efficiency
1: is good for everyone. So you're you're going faster with some new bits.
2: But not yet, not yet. They came in um Monday. I ordered them Sunday after the shutdown because I'm like. If this doesn't work, I want to be able to do it as fast as possible.
0: So, so, what was your change? Did you change like alloys of steel that you're cutting with, or size of bits, or what did you I, do?
2: I actually, well, one of the things I, I'm doing is it goes pretty deep. The is it's a 3D carve, right. so it's got to go down an inch and a half, which is what takes the, the longest because I have to clear out the area to get the machine to fit down with the bits I had. My bits were only an inch and a half long and the cutter on them was only an inch. Right. So an inch and a half out the bottom of the collet and the one inch of cutter. Um, so it would clear out a spot in order to get the machine could fit. Cause it knows how big it is, you know? So it would right. it, it adaptive clear out the area. So it's clearing out more than it needs to. So even if I could cut away that material, I don't know, I'm sure there's better programming to do it, but I wasn't doing it that way. So, um, I ordered a longer bit and now it doesn't have to clear as much out. Like it doesn't have to go as wide on the, it's interior part, you know? So there's a part that'll just get cut out, mm-hmm. but it doesn't need to clear out that part. Now I could just go in and make the cut in the shape it needs to make. Cause it's the bits are, oh, it. it has a long enough cutter on it. So it doesn't have to clear that out. If that makes any sense to anyone. Awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah, that definitely makes sense. My my only uh, word of caution for you on the longer bits is they they have a greater chance of of breaking because there's a lot more uh, lateral force on them because they're so much further away from the collet on the router. So when you first start out, you may just want to run it a little bit slower than what you've been doing before, as far as um, speed goes. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, I I mean I was running it. Pretty conservatively to begin with, so you may be good then. And I'm not taking a two inch deep cut either. I'm no. still taking the you know eighth inch cut. It's just not having to clear out you know a one inch wide band. And what's the down.
1: diameter of that new bit that you've got? That's an inch and a half long, quarter inch. Oh, you're good. You're good. For some reason, I was imagining an eighth inch bit because I use a lot of those. Quarter inch. I don't think you're going to break. You're good. And it's an upcut, which I think helps with my speed too are you concerned with the upcut ripping up the layers of the mdf no
2: and the reason is is because i'll use the quarter inch for all my roughing passes and i'll do leave you know a half a millimeter on everything and then i'll go in later with a fine pass and take off that last half millimeter
1: perfect i think you've got it all planned out that'll be good yeah
2: well you don't spend you know 20 hours doing one <laughs> carve and not figure out how to do it faster.
1: <laughs> it's like a big old problem solving game. You got all that time to think about it. So we're maybe going from eight hours, maybe down to four. Are you cutting your time in half? Well, that's what I want to ask you. Cause I, well, you don't use fusion. I've used it before. Know. I used it for that bass carving that nobody's seen yet. So
2: fusion, when I do the, the when I run the simulate, it tells me X amount of
1: time. It's never been at that time. Oh, no. That's disappointing. So their estimations are way off, I guess. Yeah. So and, I don't know. And you're not changing anything when you get to Universal G Code Sender, right? Man, we no, are in the weeds.
2: We are in the weeds <laughs> <yeah>. of CNC. <laughs> yeah, we should probably move on. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. We'll, we'll talk. We'll message each other after the podcast about this, Keith. <laughs> I think we should.
2: You move guys up. can all email me your uh, recommendations.
0: Hate mail. No, you can. <laughs>
2: email us your questions in hate mail
0: yeah. for for me not being a cnc or digi guy i guess i still i still enjoy listening to it cuz it's just something new to learn about so digi maybe guy. not something maybe not something i'm going to pick up but it's still interesting for sure tony just called me a
1: digi guy isn't that cute <laughs>
0: digi oh yeah guy. there, was,
1: that may be your new there was
0: digimon or something at yep. one point in time digimon, wasn't
1: there digital monsters i could sing you the whole song if you want no. What is the, No,
0: no, no. I no. don't know what
1: it is. I don't want to. <laughs> well, it's like Tony, what You got anything going on? I know last we talked, you made some plant hangers for your parents. Have you been out working on the forge since then?
0: Uh, since then, actually no. Um, uh, sadly, I've been doing a lot of demo around the house, so
1: Oh, you you've been in the house. Okay, tell us.
0: Uh, still swinging a hammer, but uh been more of uh well i was actually ripped up the entryway tile yesterday so that was uh that was fun beating and thrashing you didn't go up. to the gym that day did you i did you're a, actually you're
1: a monster <laughs> i laid in bed for like three days after doing the tile work
0: oh my god <laughs> no I is uh, that why
2: it's taken you over a year to finish this bathroom chad
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes this is not about me, but that floor had two inches of tile and linoleum and cement board all nailed down to the subfloor. It was awful. I'm Tony, he calls, he calls us the old
2: guys. Uh, he's in the oldest house. <laughs> and he's also the one who has to take a nap after every little project. <laughs> I laid a tile down. I got to go lay down for a couple
1: of hours. Yeah, nap time. So, you got your tile demoed. Have you purchase the new tile or are you doing something different in that place
0: no i'm doing what you should have done i'm hiring somebody to put it in <laughs> smart man were you able to find any help uh as far as like to for install and stuff yeah we've got a guy booked uh he's supposed to be here in the next couple of weeks so i'm doing that demo and then i've got some more trim and doors to pull out and stuff like that so i've still got a fair bit of work left i've got my entire living room hardwood floor to rip up there's there's a fair bit to do.
1: You are doing a lot. So you're not just doing the room. Are you really planning on like renovating all the flooring in your house?
0: Yeah, it's the entire the entire house. It's a uh, we are 1750 square foot. Um we're doing everything but the bathrooms and in, in with a new floor. Wow. So we've got the carpets up that we're in the bedrooms. Actually the master still has to be done and yeah, hardwood to come up in the in the uh, living room, and I we had we had put a subfloor in the kitchen with the intent to put tile on top of it, but then we've decided to change the flooring, so now we're going to pull that out too. So, oh, it could be could be an interesting next week or so. But wait, we'll I want you done. to
1: explain that. So you put down subfloor because you yep. were going to do tile. Yeah, that was
0: like. Five years ago. So,
1: was it cement <laughs> board that you put down or?
0: No, it was three-eighths ply.
1: Why can't you put like hardwood floor on top of that? Or what kind it's of floor to, are it's you doing?
0: To get, it's to get the level, get the floors all on the same level. Oh, I see. So, we we are doing floors throughout and they're all going to be the same flooring throughout the entire house. So, everything's got to be at the same level. You got to get a Roomba.
1: Your Roomba will kill that house. It'll do great with all the level floors. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have two kids, they can vacuum. Yeah, mine haven't reached that age yet. They try. It's normally makes a bigger mess than anything. Yeah. Daddy, I try. Daddy, I try. <laughs> <laughs> Smashes it into the bore into the wall.
1: Yeah. And I have a Makita vacuum cleaner and I don't want them to break it. So I'm trying to Oh, keep you got that. fancy. Yeah, it's battery powered. I love it. So when they get a little bigger, I'll let them use it. So you are having some help with the install what does that do to the bank account you uh you gonna survive this
0: i believe I'll survive it we've been i i am not the finance finance person my uh my girlfriend is but she uh she says we're good we're good all right she she's an accountant by trade so
1: have you already gotten your your um like quote from the flooring installer
0: oh yeah no i mean like like i say he's coming in so we've we've talked to him we've got everything's set up we've got materials on their way if not already here so we're uh we're he's a general he's still kind of a general contractor but we're getting a lot of materials and stuff and yeah. he's hiring out like we need an electrician for a few things we need to reframe a door so he's, he's got carpenters electricians the whole the whole deal all set up for us so
1: and i'm guessing you decided to do the demo because you needed the workout or you were trying to save a, a few bucks
0: Oh, this is going to save quite a bit, actually, for the amount of demo. Like, just just the hardwood floor, I mean, that's a couple guys and probably a full day, really, because it's a fairly large room. So, just me, it's going to be probably two days getting it done. Oof.
1: So, that's nailed, nailed down or glued down. It's not a floating floor.
0: It's nailed. Because we already pulled up that same hardwood was throughout other places in the house, and it was all nailed down, so.
1: Well, hey, now you can become a woodworker. You'll have all that that hardwood flooring you can do things with. Handles for all the knives you're going to
0: make us. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Not a knife maker. Not a knife maker.
2: (laughs) How many episodes (laughs) is it going to take Chad to realize that you're not a knife maker?
0: Oh, until I like clobber him at maker's camp and he realizes I stand over top. I'm not making you... (laughs) You're not allowed to to get close to me. (laughs) (laughs) Six feet, six feet.
2: (laughs) Chad, he says, this says he brings his Damascus steel to make a knife. at
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was going to be my next question. If you're not making a knife with that Damascus, are you going to make a fork? (laughs)
0: Let's just hand it to a pro. (laughs) No, you've got
1: to do it. You've got this. I have faith
2: in you. Yeah, we'll see. Isn't that block merely set up for removal though?
0: Uh, yeah. The block that I have is definitely removal ready. I mean, but you could, if you wanted to make a different profile knife, you could, you could still forge it. It would be, it would be tough though. I mean, it's, it's not the, it's not a real heavy piece of steel. So the second you go to strike down on the, on the edge, you're going to, it's just going to taco. So oh. it could be tough. It's, it is more, it is more of a, definitely more of a, a removal style. For sure.
1: Well, then maybe I could make it for you. Just hand it to me with a seventy-two by what is it? What are those grinders called? Two by seventy-two. <laughs> yeah, and a bucket of water.
0: Even I what know what it. Even I know what an X curve is. Come on, you can't come up with two by seventy-two.
1: <laughs> what do we say, Tony?
2: Chat, stay in your lane. Your
0: lane, yeah, stay in your lane. <laughs> Although woodworkers do use two by seventy twos. A this few worker.
2: No, I, I don't would, know what I would use it for
0: making handles.
1: <laughs> I have to sand, um, rolling pins sometimes. So if I could do like a slack belt sander, you can do like, you can take the platinum. Is that, is that a thing? Platinum. Platin. Platin.
0: Platin. <laughs>
1: you can take that out and then the, the belt can be kind of loose, right? For rounded shapes.
0: Yeah. Or you can, so where it comes off the, uh, the guide wheel that comes down to the platen. There's a slack section there that's a little bit softer, but nothing, nothing real, real slack. That's for sure.
1: Okay. I, I think I would have a use for something like that. Oh,
2: if I got oh, if one, yeah. I would find a use for it 100%. If somebody wants to send me one, go ahead. But
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be nice.
2: <laughs> so, uh, since you guys aren't talking, I'd like to take this time. <laughs> To thank our patrons this week, we have uh Chad Dowdell. I may be pronouncing that one wrong.
0: No, you got Brian
2: Drennan and NB Wood Finery, is who's Nick, I believe,
1: at NB Wood Finery. Yeah, that's incredible. Thank you guys. Thank you. We
2: appreciate it
1: 100%.
0: Definitely do. It's good to see a local guy, the NB Wood Finery guy. He's my guy when I go looking for a nice slab of anything.
2: How often are you going looking for wood there, Tony?
0: A uh, few home projects. I've got uh, I got a good piece of walnut from him, um, and then I got uh, actually when I was when I was at his place getting the walnut, he had uh, just got some pieces of birch slabbed up, and they're cookies. The one I got was forty four long and thirty six wide. Wow, that's a big cookie. So it's a massive yeah. piece
1: what's the thickness on
0: that uh it's it's in around the three like two and a half three inch and it's yeah it's gonna and be a our, crack um well it looks like it's multiple trees growing together so it's it is gonna need some bow ties i don't know bow ties or something something of that sort oh do some metal
1: bow ties that would be cool
0: might not be a bad idea actually no,
1: that would look really neat
0: i'd have an easier time making that than i would a a uh a wood one. And
1: it would actually hold really well, I would imagine. Definitely not a lot Yeah, so we're,
0: move. we'll, uh, that's going to be after the renovations, that's going to be our, the coffee table for the living room. So we get some legs made up and, and get that made up. So that should be you good. You're going to
2: make your own legs, right?
0: Uh, yeah. Well, if maybe. he's going to do hairpin, we'll it's cheaper to just buy them than actually that's make the, them. That's the, that's the trouble. Unless I was actually going to set up to like make them en masse, it's, so much simpler just to order them for yeah. for the cost. The cost is so they're affordable. Just buy them and then go hit them with your hammer so they look hand forged. <laughs> oh no, she'll want she'll want the clean, oh,
1: even better the just, clean look. Just have her order them for you. Then she'll take care <laughs> of it
0: all. Yeah.
1: Now Tony, he I know he says he doesn't work the wood, but I'm pretty sure he's shown us a mantle as well. Am I am I right? You made yourself. Yeah, a that mantle? was
0: that was the walnut that I made. Very or nice. the walnut mantle that I made. I'm not – yeah, I don't consider myself a woodworker, but I can I can dabble. You're in there.
1: You work the wood. I think it's hard <laughs> to be a homeowner and not be somewhat of
0: a woodworker. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it does – it can save you quite a bit.
2: Just because just you can cut wood does not make you a woodworker.
0: I disagree.
1: <laughs> I think the moment you cut wood, you're a woodworker in my book. Come on. Join the train. It's I won't join that train. It's baby steps. You cut it first. And now look, Tony's taking cookies and he's doing bow ties. I haven't even done a bow tie before. Seriously? Seriously. And you call yourself a woodworker? I definitely call myself a woodworker. I've got a pocket hole jig over there in the corner.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have two black eyes at maker's camp, I think. No. Nope. Six <laughs> feet. You can't get near me. Stay away.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Well, moving on from that, we did get uh, a review on Apple Podcasts. Would you like to hear it? Was it from your sure. mom? No, she hasn't reviewed it yet. Come on. Come on. This, this one is from Dennis, the garage engineer. Uh, I don't know if that's his Instagram handle. Yes, no.
1: it is. Yeah.
2: It's five stars. He titled it, my new favorite shop listening podcast. This is a great podcast that I picked up after the dusty life and reclaimed audio have left the airways. Chad, Keith, and Tony each bring a unique perspective from their parts of the making world. I would make this a longer review, but I will save Keith from having to read it all. Always (laughs) be creating. I appreciate that, Dennis.
1: That's very high praise, Dennis. Thank you. We have another one
2: here. Uh, This one's entitled Solid Podcast, and it's a great podcast of a few guys hanging out in the shop and sharing some stories and some tips. That's one KCR... Five, eight is the username on that
0: one if that's your real name
1: <laughs> now i'm trying to think back what good tips we actually shared craft
2: freight i don't know if that's supposed to mean something
0: nah, it's just a username the bots <laughs> yeah. the bots have found us oh no <laughs>
2: the bots have found us hey if the bots are leaving reviews bring them on come on as long as it's five stars yes you can write whatever you want. You could trash me in it if you want. I'll read it live here on the air.
0: <laughs> I'll have to get Apple Podcast.
2: <laughs> yeah, any, anyone can sign up for it. I think you know you could you can get an iTunes account online and sign up for it. I was looking today because uh, I know I'm the guy who's going to be reading them, but uh, I didn't see that like Spotify has a review section. Is that true?
1: I think that is true. I I have always tried to leave reviews for podcasts. Anytime a podcast brings it up, I try to go see if anything has changed. And as far as I know, Android users have have nothing. If you're not on Apple Podcasts, you're not leaving a review.
0: Yeah, I've noticed that. I've looked at Spotify. The only thing is just the it's counting the downloads really, and if you're following it or not, it's about it. So I'm gonna
1: try breaking out my old iPhone and see if I can get it charged. See if I can remember my old account, and I'll try to try to leave a review on a few podcasts, you know? <laughs> or sign up under a bunch of different
2: aliases and leave that five-star review.
1: That's not a bad idea.
2: If, if Chad had his way, we'd have more reviews than listeners. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's kind of how it is right now, isn't it? <laughs> oh, no.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're getting there. Did we also so- get an email by any chance?
2: Yeah. Oh, you want me to read the email too? That's
1: why, yeah, I brought that up.
2: I was going to ask a question to you guys before the e- we went to the email, but we did have an email that was sent into workinghandspodcast at gmail.com if you want to send in yours. Um, but I'm only going to read questions from here. I won't read hate mail, so put that in a, <laughs> if you want to send hate mail, you got to put that in a five-star review. This one is from Simon Williams. And he said, just listen to your first podcast. And I'm curious as to why you wouldn't prime your MDF before painting. Just seems like anything you paint should be primed first. Really enjoy the show. Keep up the good work. I appreciate that, Simon. And I believe that question is directed at our self-proclaimed woodworker, Chad, <laughs> who, on fir- who on the first episode tried to paint without primer his MDF project.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, here goes Digimon. Let's see if I can talk about painting. I hate it. If I can stay away from spray paint, I do. And maybe it's because I have bad technique. What actually happened with this key was I did buy primer first. But here was my fatal flaw and I knew it. But I still did it. I bought Krylon primer. And because of COVID or something, there's a shortage in all the stores with spray paints. I don't know. It's weird. I don't know what people are doing. I bought Rust-Oleum paint, so I sprayed it with Krylon primer first and then painted it with Rust-Oleum. Now, it looked great. It didn't crackle, nothing like that. But when I put my masking on it and tried to weed off the masking, guess what happened?
0: It crackled. (laughs) It didn't crackle. It came with it.
1: It came with it. It separated like there was Vaseline all over that primer. So I've always heard it, and I'm going to say it again here. Don't mix your spray paint brands. If you're going Rust-Oleum, stay with Rust-Oleum. If you've got Krylon, stay with Krylon. Montana Gold, stay with Montana Gold. Don't mix them. For some reason, there's chemical differences with those different companies, and they just don't mingle well. So I went a a while back with Krylon Gold, and I I like it
2: a lot. Krylon Gold? I haven't tried it. Oh, not Krylon. Montana Gold. You got me all thrown (laughs) off.
1: Was Montana. About, was the like when Montana there was a, gold. An affordable version of Montana Gold.
0: Something <laughs> that, gold.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree. You should you should definitely prime your stuff if you're not gonna prepare it by sanding first. I think I even asked you why you didn't prime in you that did. first episode. And you did. didn't mention yeah. this mixing of two different types of paint well, then. Because I made four keys. I, I made four of them. Simon wants the truth, Chad. Well, this is some of the truth. That's the first key. I gave up on that one. Then the next key, I was like, you know what? Forget spray paint. It was super humid anyway, so there's no point in trying. I just went on to roll on paint basically at that point. I had the right color. I rolled it on and just went that route instead. Still having issues though. I should have still primed it first. Uh, here, here's the thing. Sometimes you feel like you're rushing to meet a deadline and you think that you can skip a step to speed things up. Do yourself a favor. Don't do as I do. Don't skip a step because you're going to end up taking way more time than you would have if you just did it right the first time. So, I'm still learning. I hate painting, though. I would pay someone to do
2: that. (laughs) do? I was with, um, uh, I think it was a couple weeks ago, I went over to Green Street, the guys I'm making the medallions for. Yep. And they take the MDF and uh, Rob and Jeff glue size it. You ever hear of glue sizing? No, uh, but I'm intrigued. Tell me. So it's a one to one mixture of wood glue and water. So it's real thin stuff. And then they paint that onto their MDF before they go to the next step.
1: Oh, okay. I've done this on the edges, but do they do this on the face as well? I, I wasn't there
2: when they did it. They just told me this is what they're doing. But I think. I mean, it's a three D carve, so pretty much it's all edge when I when I give them the final piece that when I'm done with it. Yeah, 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 definitely. So they do that, and then they sand it back. So there's an extra step there, but I bet
0: is that, that- Does that seal it or is that yeah, it's
2: like a yeah, it's like a whitewash sealing
1: over top with glue. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I've I've done that with shellac, the non waxed shellac. Apparently, the stuff that you can buy normally has wax. Thanks to Instagram, people have let me know things. That's why I love sharing. It's called dewaxed. But yeah, yeah. dewaxed shellac is what you want to use if you plan on painting on top of it. So be mindful of that. Um, what was I going with this? But yeah, MDF sucks up <laughs> paint like nobody's business. So if they were to paint that that bare naked MDF, it would take a lot, and it would probably look pretty bad. They're they're doing the right thing by sealing that up, sanding it back, and then painting. So. Getting back to Simon's question,
2: or your answer actually, why would you like? Why wouldn't you use a roll-on primer and then spray paint? I never thought of that. Do those
1: work well together? You can't. Well, you can buy roll-on. Chad,
2: I'm really I'm yeah. a woodworker. I I just put a clear coat on and I'm done. I know, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's it's nice, right? Ugh. yeah, I don't know. Things I would, that I, I,
2: the things that I paint are not are uh, not like. Metal and stuff. I would be interested
1: to hear from people. I imagine you'd probably have to use an oil-based primer if you plan on using a spray paint. Uh, I would think that a latex-based primer would not do well with spray paint. Are all spray
2: paints oil? This is how little I know about spray paint.
1: I found a latex-based spray paint at a craft store here. I bought it because I thought it would not eat away at the foam. There's no water-based? I think this is Maybe water. No, because it still ate away at the foam. I was surprised.
0: Uh, It has some kind of chemical. I think there might be water-based now where like a lot of your automotive paints are going to a water-based. That's just me. I'm not 100% on that, but I think that might be something now. I
1: think you're right. I've heard that too. Used to be lacquer for cars, but I think they've gone away from that. Yeah. Long time ago. I like lacquer. I'm going to do some benches (laughs) soon and I'm using lacquer because that is some hard paint. I don't have to worry about it getting... Rubbed off.
2: Well, guys, I think we're going to head off to the after show, right? Unless you guys have something else you want to talk about today.
0: No, nope, sounds fair. All right. Sounds good to me. So if you want to
2: join us there, join our Patreon. If not, you can join us on the social medias on Instagram. We're working hands podcast. You can find Tony at Woodland Iron, Chad at Chad's Custom Creations, and you can find Keith at Blackthorn Concepts. And as I mentioned before, if you want to send us an email, it's a working hands podcast at gmail.com and please leave us a review and please if you're listening to it and you like it share the show with somebody else bye have a good one see you Saturday